Shri Guru Vaishnav Guru Parampara ki jai Shri Daudi Gopal ki jai O Bhakta Binda ki jai O Premanandi Any question tonight? technical question, as you said. I don't know if it's so suitable for the audience, but um, I didn't you know, I explain it. But, um, but um, um, briefly, what he's talking about is that there's a definition in the Puranas. Puranas are uh, some of the important uh, Texts of this uh, of the Hindu body of revelation, and uh, in the Purana, what is it, Padma Purana, Vishnu Purana? There's a a definition of the word Bhagwan. Es una pregunta muy técnica sobre el Jada Dharma donde se menciona los Puranas que describen de forma muy técnica Bhagwan. And um, I think it's uh, a statement made by Parashara, who was the father of Vyas, the legendary editor of, of the sacred texts of the Hindus. And the basic idea of the definition is that uh, he cites six qualities all of which are um, have the power to attract us. So beauty attracts us. 
la bellezza non si trae. We're attracted to uh, famous people, fame, la fama. Uh, s- strength, la fuerza. strength, beauty, fame, um, uh, knowledge. If people are very renounced, they don't need anything, they're very attractive. What's the sixth one? Wealth. Attractive. So six, these six, and uh, the Parashara in the Purana says that who has these attractive qualities in full, that is Bhagawan, and that is God. Y para eso dice en este verso que el que tiene esas cualidades, esas seis cualidades de manera completa. Right. And uh, and in Krishna, one of the uh, uh, translations of the word Krishna is all all attractive. Una de las traducciones de la palabra Krishna es el todo atractivo. So for this is all wealth, strength, fame, beauty, knowledge, and renunciation. Y el las and then there are many nice examples of how Krishna embodies these different qualities um, in the literature. And the scriptures are describing like a real, a real person. If you study him in that light, you become very charming. <laughs> the overarching broad idea, of course, is that, rea- as I sometimes say, reality is a person. We're like one of the cells, something like that. The world is in God. And God is beyond the world at the same time. I've given an example before. There was a um, scientist, I think he must have been a biologist. I think his name was Lovejoy. He uh, um, came up with the, the Gaia conception that the, wor- that the earth is one whole organism. Muchas veces doy el ejemplo de este biólogo, si no erro, que vino con esta teoría de Gaia, donde la Tierra es un organismo en sí. So when you think of the Earth as one singular organism, then your perspective on your own self changes dramatically. Y entonces viendo la Tierra de esta perspectiva, la perspectiva de nosotros también cambia en relación a la Tierra como un organismo. So this is what we're talking about is a is a similar idea that's bigger. It's the whole of existence is actually one person, and he has different powers and so forth and shaktis we call them. We're one particle of one shakti. Y derivando de esta analogía, el todo el complejo del universo es una persona con muchas energías y nosotros somos partículas de de. But the idea is meant to shift our perspective dramatically 
like the Gaia principle, shifts your, per- 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 your perspective dramatically from being a person who's viewing the world, for example, as if it's his your domain to take with and do with what what you want and or to struggle with others over it and so forth. It's it's, it's meant to make make a major shift in your kind of angle of vision. Esa es una idea drástica que nos nos hace cambiar nuestro punto de vista desde el, en que somos el dueño y, y, y el que goza de todo lo que lo rodea al ser una pura célula de un organismo más grande. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very nice idea. It's uh, also in a very basic sense when sometimes we're out in nature and we climb up to the top and we see the view for hundreds of miles like you can here and you get like an epiphany like the world is big and beautiful and I'm small and it feels good. También partiendo de una idea más básica, más baja, cuando estamos en la naturaleza y, y vimos paisajes que se extienden y estamos en la montaña y vemos lo bello y lo inmenso que es la naturaleza, tenemos como una epifanía de lo grande que es un mundo uh, más allá de lo que es nuestra inmediata realidad. The point being that powerful uh, manifestations of nature have the power to momentarily shift our perspective. La idea es que la magnitud de los poderes de la naturaleza tienen esta capacidad de cambiar nuestro punto de vista de momentáneamente. And uh, this is kind of the, the, the through nature the power of, uh, of the God ex- expressing himself. A través de la naturaleza el poder de Dios se expresa. Therefore, for example, in the tenth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna identifies himself with so many different powerful manifestations of nature. He says, of bodies of water, I am the ocean. Of big trees in California, I am the redwoods, and so forth. Por eso es que Krishna, en el capítulo 10 del Bhagavad Gita, se identifica con todo lo que más grande se encuentra en la naturaleza, dice de los... De los, de los of ocean, well, I'm, 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 yeah, you can't say about it, yeah, but I'm sorry. And it's a fact that when we encounter these powerful manifestations of nature, as I say, they can give us some epiphany, shift our perspective. Y cuando nos en, estamos enfrenta a estas expresiones mm, grandiosas de la naturaleza, nos hace cambiar nuestro punto de vista. We tend to view the world from the vantage point that we are the center, that it's moving around us. Normalmente vemos el mundo como que nosotros somos el centro de él y todo se mueve alrededor de nosotros. Mm. But it has a movement of its own, if you will. Sin embargo, mm. el mundo tiene un movimiento suyo propio. We're part of the movement. Y nosotros somos parte de este movimiento. Mm. So, this is just a very kind of basic way in which nature can nudge us in a direction uh, 
of all that that different perspective constitutes when it, the ramifications of it are played out. The ramifications of the perspective that I'm the center, we know all too well. Nosotros sabemos muy bien, hasta demasiado bien, las ramificaciones de la mentalidad en la que nosotros nos vemos como el centro del universo. It doesn't seem to be working. Y como vemos, no funciona. ¿Me entiendes? ¿Entiendes? We're, we're finding out, I don't, whether we're paying attention is another thing, but if we paid a little bit of attention, we'd see we're not the center. And it's problematic trying to be something that you're not, especially something that big, the center of, it, of, of, the, of existence. Puede ser que al final no escuchemos, pero si, si nos paramos a pensar, nos damos cuenta muy fácilmente de que no somos el centro del universo. The beauty in the shift of perspective, when we realize that we're, we're not the center, if we uh, pursue that perspective, what happens is that we also come in touch with the center and is very, very friendly. Lo bello de estos instantes en que nos damos cuenta de que no somos el centro es que nos facilita el acto de uh, reconocer lo que es verdaderamente el centro del universo. And suddenly we find we're going downstream instead of fighting against the current. Y de repente no, de repente descubrimos que vamos según la corriente en vez de nadar contra corriente. So this is what spiritual practice is, is about, to shift the perspective and then pursue that perspective in a, in a, in a uh, methodologically, in it, with, a, with a method. Mm, yoga. La vida espiritual quiere decir esto, cambiar nuestro punto de vista y actuar según nuestra nueva dirección. But it's not so easy because the vantage point from which we've been uh, proceeding in life with a self-centered one is one that's been going on since a time without beginning for many, many millions of lifetimes. So habits formed in youth are difficult to... So in this pursuit, we need all the help we can get. And that's that's what bhakti is about getting all getting all taking advantage of all the help that you could possibly get it's not a self-reliant uh, practice astanga uh, yoga is more self-reliant by comparison El Ashtanga Yoga, en comparación, sí es una práctica donde uno cuenta con su propia esfuerza. There are various physical and mental techniques. Son muchas técnicas físicas y mentales. Once my Guru Maharaj was asked about yoga, 
He said, Yoga? He said, Yoga? Nosotros simplemente? Y cantar? This is Yoga, nada más. So now we should cry because we don't cry. <laughs> when when chanting, understanding the implications of it, our heart is still hard. Hmm? If it was soft, we would cry at the opportunity before us, but we don't, so we should cry that we don't cry yet, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> so it's a bhakti is a heart exercise. The effort is to get grace. Like the effort of a child to get the attention of his parents, something like that. What is it that calls the attention of the parents to the child? The helplessness of the child. So, that's like help. Hare Krishna. It's muy fuerte. Es la más, tiene la más fuerza. So to to shift the perspective and then pursue that perspective that I'm not the center involves finding the center, bringing the center into our lives. And this is a very, very powerful method. It's kind of an effortless effort in a sense. Entonces, cuando pensamos que no somos el centro, nos abrimos a la, a la oportunidad de reconocer lo que es el centro. Y uh, al final se convierte en un esfuerzo sin esfuerzo. And, and he's all attractive, Krishna, all attractive. Y, y todo esto es el todo atractivo, Krishna. So he's all, has all strength, wealth, fame, knowledge, uh, Renunciation, all these six opulences. It's one uh, definition of the word Bhagavan. Bhagavan. Bhagavan means uh, to possess. And Bhag means like opulence, huh? That which is attractive. Who possesses in full all? Uh, if we could piece together, therefore there are some descriptions in the Bhagavatam of Krishna. For example, in the Dwarka Lila appearing in Dwarka, in the descriptions are, it was as if there was a lightning storm during the sunrise, as the sun set over the rainbow. Hmm? So, <laughs> with, with, while the moon was rising, yeah. 
por eso que hay discusiones en el Bhagavatam diciendo era como si <laughs> it was like watching the sunset mm. as the sun rose in the light of the full moon under a rainbow in a, in a lightning storm. Mm. What can be said? Mm about the appearance to, of, of Krishna to uh, all these things together are powerful that they don't do justice something like this the so a little background to, to the question the question is about these different uh, Opulences, and particularly about gyan, knowledge, and detachment. These two qualities, they go together. If you have knowledge, you will be detached. And conversely, ignorance... Uh, attachment is, is, is a product of ignorance. Simply put, we all desire to have everlasting happiness. And even if we, you know, if we like the melancholy moments, it's, it's still we're in pursuit of happiness. También durante los momentos de melancolía estamos en busca de felicidad. Now, the way primarily in this world in which we derive happiness is from reaching out through our sentidos to contact the objects of the senses. La manera principal para lograr este gozo, esta felicidad, es alcanzando los objetos de los sentidos a través de los sentidos. And when we acquire things, we think we'll be more happy by, by such. Y cuando adquirimos cosas, pensamos que vamos a estar felices. We may say, well, if I acquire people, I may be happier, but we, for the most part, look at other people as things too. We try not to, but that's the conditioned perspective, so to speak. I'm the center. Things are for my use, and so forth. So, point being, anyway, all things are here today and gone tomorrow. So... So if we want, simply put, enduring happiness, it will not uh, ensue from things that don't endure. Now, if you think you've heard this before, think again. Think <laughs> again. 
think about this long enough, it's, it's, it's a formula for really changing your life. When we hear something in a, in a discussion like this, and we know, yeah, that's true. If we're really hearing spiritually, then we take that point and we put it in our heart and it becomes a foundational stone in the temple for Radha and Krishna that we're building in our heart. You have to make it part of your life. If such points go in the ear and and stay in the head and don't go down to the heart, they will eventually come out the other ear. So you have to hear with your heart. Hmm. And then what you heard, the concept is becomes part of, of your chanting. Hmm. It's the knowledge that, that supports the chanting, for example. Y luego estos conceptos, este conocimiento, van a ser parte de nuestro canto, del santo nombre, y le va a dar soporte a nuestro canto. So, knowledge and renunciation, they, 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 they work together. Entonces, conocimiento y desapego van juntos. Knowledge and detachment. Mm-hmm. And um, at the same time, Knowledge and detachment are said unto themselves not to be limbs of the body of bhakti. That's because uh, they follow bhakti naturally and automatically. You're too tall. (laughs) So, for example, if you love someone, then you find out, oh, he doesn't like this, then you don't like it either. So the renunciation is arising at us as a byproduct of the loving, giving something up, in other words. Mm-hmm. So there's a kind of a practical renunciation that arises secondarily and corresponding knowledge in the context of 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 bhakti. Mm-hmm. 
Now there is a path other than bhakti where vairagya or detachment and jnana knowledge are limbs of the body of that path. It's called jnana yoga. Then there is another path that is called jnana yoga where the knowledge and the knowledge are principles of the practice. So in that path, rather than a concentration on Bhagawan loving and serving, there's a concentration on renunciation, which will foster knowledge, and knowledge, which will foster renunciation. So, for example, you can find sadhus in India, uh, they won't accept any gift, like shoes, because they know they're going to get stolen anyway, So, and then I'll be upset, so... I'll just walk barefoot. They don't. They don't want to hold on to anything, because they know it's a recipe for disappointment. Because it won't endure. So they they put themselves in very difficult situations, like bathing in the Ganges at midnight in the coldest months, up to the neck, because cold or hot. In the summer, they sit in a full sun, surrounded by fire. Hot and cold are just perceptions. It's true. Mm-hmm. So their path is directly, it's very harsh, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sorry. Es un sendero donde en vez de enfocarse en el servicio a Dios y a Dios, el enfoque se encuentra, el enfoque se es principalmente un conocimiento mirado al desapego y un desapego mirado al conocimiento. Y, por ejemplo, hay salos en la India que rechazan objetos materiales como un par de zapatos porque saben que de todos modos se las van a robar. Entonces no, no, no tienen ningún apego a las cosas materiales y también se ponen en condiciones muy duras como eh, rodadas de fuego en el sol de mediodía o sentados en el agua so in bhakti we are directly focusing on renunciation we're focusing on loving Krishna and if we need to accept something for that we accept it if we need to reject something for that then we reject that Entonces en el bhakti no, no nos enfocamos en la renuncia, en, la, en el desapego, sino en el servicio a Krishna. Si para el servicio a Krishna tenemos que aceptar algo, no lo vamos a, a renunciar, sino lo aceptamos. Now those practicing Gyan Yoga, uh, in, in, most typically, their ideal is to merge into the uh, into Brahman, this aspect of, of the Godhead, undifferentiated consciousness to take like the drop of water of the self and merge it in the ocean and dissolve, something like that. Brahman. The idea there is similar to the Buddha's. The whole doctrine of the Buddha is the world's about suffering, 
and suffering. That's the pursuit. So it's the pursuit of happiness indirectly. The happiness that's derived from ending the suffering. You see the contrast with bhakti. Bhakti is 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 a kind of a positive pursuit of the happiness of love. And if there's any suffering that accompanies that, that's not a problem. There's a saying in English, the labor of love. Hmm? It's a different way of dealing with suffering. Hmm? Now, for the Buddha, for Shankar, for example, their ideal, the direct culture of jnana and vairagya, knowledge and detachment, is, is central. Hmm. And as I'm saying, for us, it's it's uh, it's kind of a byproduct. This Brahman, undifferentiated consciousness, as opposed to Bhagawan, where there's differentiation, qualities, leelas, and so forth, this Brahman is an aspect of the Goddess, a particular face of the Godhead. So, but... In relation to Bhagwan, in some of the texts, it has been compared to his aura. Pero en relación a Bhagwan, en algunos textos se compara a Brahman como al aura de Bhagwan. Nice idea. So some people want to enter into the aura of God. Hay algunos que entrarán en la aura de Dios. Or our idea is to talk with him personally, something like that. We look at the aura as being a a diluted kind of, I don't mean it in a negative way, but less concentrated f- uh, manifestation of Satchitananda. If you take Satchitananda and you compress it and compress it, Satchitananda Ghana, hmm? this is the form of, it has a shape. That is what we mean by Krishna. It is all attractive. Hmm. 
So, with regard to the qualities of Bhagavan that make him all attractive, uh, the question is about a statement of Bhaktivinoda who has taken the qualities of Jnana and Vairagya and made them secondary qualities of the Bhagavan. Hmm? Secondary qualities of one of the qualities, secondary qualities of the fame of the Godhead, and identified the knowledge and detachment with, with Brahman, right? Yes. Entonces, la pregunta es sobre las palabras de Bhaktivinoda Thakur que dicen que el conocimiento y el desapego son cualidades secundarias de una de esas cualidades de Dios que es Yasha, o sea, la fama. I'm not sure what he means by that. <laughs> um, yeah, and I understand the the point he's making, but your question is about how Gyan and Bhairagya become secondary qualities of his fame. Right? Perhaps in writing he was thinking that the Brahman aspect is famous, more widely circulated and known. Bhagavan is a more esoteric secret idea, something like that. Tal vez en sus escritos quiso expresar la idea que Brahman es más conocido, más famoso entre los hindúes en vez de la forma de Bhagavan. Um, famous people have an aura. La gente famosa tiene un aura. <laughs> <laughs> right? yes, uh, they, they stand out in a crowd, <laughs> if, even if they wear sunglasses. Y sobresalen en una multitud de gente, aún llevando lentes de sol. So Bhaktivinoda seems to be thinking something like this. And... Um, and, but furthermore, the way in which is identified knowledge and renunciation with Brahman, that is uh, interesting and uh, it's uh, somewhat supported from what I've explained. Entonces, esto parece ser la idea de Bhaktivakakur. Y la, las palabras que usó de la manera que las usó es, no, no son contrarias a la descripción que he estado dando sobre las prioridades de Dios. In his Sri uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita, Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami has given a different idea. He is describing Radharani, Radha. And he says that Radha is the six opulences of Krishna personified. <laughs> So, she is his strength. That's for sure. The famous Leela of Krishna lifting Mount Govardhan. And all the Indra, the God of Heaven, is, is questioning why the people aren't worshipping him and they're taking shelter of Krishna. So he attacks and Krishna lifts the mountain and everybody comes under the mountain. The 
nobody gets wet or anything. And Krishna is holding like this. Why not like this? Because, because when it goes like this, then you can see Radha's face in the crowd and nobody knows he's looking at her. And he's getting the strength to lift the over down hill. <laughs> so, she is his strength. Hmm? And um, she is his fame also. Hmm? Because she is the primeval devotee. In every devotee, there's a little bit of Radha, so to speak. She is the Devi, the goddess of Bhakti. So if, you, so if you have Bhakti in your life, you have Radha in your life. And it is Bhakti and the devotees that, that make Krishna famous. It's the devotee that makes Krishna famous. We go through strength, fame, uh, hmm? beauty, beauty, beauty. Shri, the word beauty, Shri. We read the Srimad Bhagavatam. Bhagavatam means Krishna, and Shri means beauty, the beautiful Krishna. And in the story of the Bhagavatam, if you read carefully, you understand that Krishna is most beautiful standing next to Radha. When you see Brahman in light of its Shakti, that is Krishna. Makes, as I often say, Brahman that's everywhere move and dance. And she is his wealth also. If he doesn't have that, her love, then his life is <coughs> is incomplete. It's, not, it's, it's meaningless. She is the she is the she is the uh, the uh, full embodiment of Prem, and Prem, this is the Dhan, the wealth of of Golok of that of that realm. So beauty, fame, wealth, strength. Knowledge and renunciation. <laughs> That's for Brahman. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, uh, no, uh, no, Bhakti Devi. Bhakti is the whole, the full face of knowledge. Bhakti también es la cara plena de conocimiento. As the end of knowledge. To know, to know, to know him is 
To know, know, know him is to love, love, love. That's an old song. And you give everything up from her. So she is his renunciation. So different devotees contemplating these truths may get feelings and think about them in different ways and so forth. So we have an example from Bhakti Vinoda, from Krishna Das Kamiraj. Does that help? Let's go to South India. Yes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what have you got down there? <laughs> Typically, um, the different manifestations of Krishna as Ram with Sita, as Narayan with Lakshmi, hmm, as Krishna with Radha, kind of the fountainhead, hmm, um, these different manifestations of divinity correspond with different types of love. Hmm, um, so the devotees of Lakshmi and Narayan, their mood is is, is dasya, servitude. Even Lakshmi herself is possessed of a kind of a, a serving disposition in relation to Narayan. Inclusive Lakshmi tiene una disposición de tipo with Sita and Ram it's similar but a little different there's more intimacy with Sita and Ram and the Dasya Bhakti of Ayodhya exemplified by Hanuman it has some more spiritual excellence to it more excellence excellencia <laughs> now Krishna is in a very different space he is called in, in Indian aesthetics, 
then there are different types of of lovers, heroes, nayakas. So Krishna is called in Vrindavan the dear Lalita Nayaka. In the estetica of the philosophy estetica of India, se encuentran muchas muchas figuras y Krishna se llama dear Lalita. It's the kind of leading man in the drama who is is subjugated by his by his lover. Directa se refiere al héroe del drama, la persona principal que se encuentra subyugado por la persona amada. So it's very different in that sense between Lakshmi and Narayan. O sea, muy diferente hay mucha diferencia entre esto y Lakshmi Narayan. Krishna is completely controlled by Radha. Krishna está completamente subyugado por Radha. Narayan is only a little controlled in private, in the private chambers, mm-hmm. never in the public view. <laughs> and see, it's all very beautiful because it so much enables us to connect and bond uh, through our human emotive experiences and psychology with the Absolute when we talk about these nuances of forms of Godhead and expressions of love and so forth. Todo esto es muy bonito porque nos permite ver un respaldo entre Dios y la manera en que se expresa Él y nuestra propia psicología, nuestras interacciones. So, now, in, in Vrindavan there are also devotees who serve Radha and Krishna in a mood of servitude. En Vrindavan también se encuentran devotos que sirven a Radha y Krishna con un humor de servitud. And those who serve them in the mood of, frater- uh, of Krishna, in the mood of fraternity, and there is parental, paternal love as well. And then there's the romantic love. So those who serve him in, in servitude or in fraternal love or in parental love, they don't experience what they experience in romantic love, Radha and Krishna. They experience their own mood. But there is one class of friends of Krishna who are involved in his romantic life. And when he's missing Radha, they may send messages and bring her back. So sometimes the hero and the heroine, the hero has a friend who's, who we can tell everything about his romantic life too share it with him and get advice and so forth. Mm-hmm. And because of that confidence between the hero and his close friend, the heroine also has a close relationship with that friend. 
Y debido a esta confidencialidad entre el mejor amigo del héroe y la amada, la amada también tiene una relación íntima con este amigo. So my Guru Maharaj had that kind of relationship with Krishna, but like that kind of friend. Mi Guru Maharaj tenía este tipo de relación con Krishna, lo veía como un amigo de esta forma. And then, within the romantic love, there's a certain class of devotee who subordinate their romantic sentiments for Krishna for the sake of serving Radha. Y al interno de esta categoría hay amigos que um, al fin de servir a Radha. Amigas. ¿Hm? Amiga. Amigas. Not amigos. Amigas. There's a certain class of devotees, gopis, and they have romantic attraction for Krishna, but they subordinate that attraction to the service of Radha because they feel Radha is the, is the most capable of satisfying Krishna romantically. I want to assist her in having that union with Krishna rather than having a union directly. And they are so absorbed in serving Radha in that way that vicariously what Radha experiences, they experience. Al interno de los devotos que aman a Krishna de manera romántica, hay una de estas gopis que echan de un lado los sentimientos románticos que ellas sienten por él para servir a Radharani sabiendo que ella lo puede eh, satisfacer y, y bueno, satisfacer más entonces haciendo así es como si experimentase a través de ella este amor romántico so this is a kind of dasyam within, within the context of the romantic life es un tipo de dacia al interno del contexto de la vida uh, romántica. Very peculiar. Muy hmm? peculiar. Y mi Sikha Guru, Puja Maharaj, he had this sense of sentiment for Krishna, Radha and Krishna. Mi Sikha Guru, Puja Maharaj, tenía este sentimiento por Krishna. Hmm? And this is uh, very prominent in our lineage, this kind of sentiment. Es un sentimiento muy prominente en nuestro linaje. It's like as close as you could get to experiencing what Radha experiences without getting in the way. <laughs> so they are servitors, but they experience the romantic love, but in ways that it's not experienced by Hanuman, for Sita and Ram, or by... Nandan and others in Vaikuntha for Lakshmi and Narayan. Entonces son servidoras que sirven a Radha y Krishna pero experimentan ese sentimiento de una forma que no ocurre entre los que sirven a Lakshmi and Narayan. Okay. Sri Radhe ke jai. Sri Krishna ke jai. Sri Man Mahaprabhu ke jai. Sidauji Gopal ki jaya, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jaya, Gaur Premanandi. Haribo! Smakina Patakwari Swami. Jaya.